listening to the Uloft podcast presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world. I can't believe you said that, Caleb. No, wow, okay, now it's lame. That was really bad. <laughs> what? 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 I don't understand. I don't know what you. Michael, were to acting achieve. is not your strong suit. So there's here. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. T- on can it. I tell you a story real fast that'll explain why what you did was just so stupid? <laughs> um, <laughs> there was there's a story um, that my grandpa would tell me. He served in the military where um, some friends of his were in a, a, a prisoner of war camp. Um, and they were there for forever. And one of the things that they did um, to kind of pass the time is that they would tell uh, tell jokes to each other, right? That's what people do, humor, to cope with, you know, the situation and so, and so on. Um, and one of the things, they had been there for so long that they actually got, so they had numbered their jokes, right? So that all the jokes that they would tell, they had just told all the same jokes that they had numbered them over and over and over again, right? Um, and so instead of telling the joke, people would just get up and say the number and then everybody would laugh, right? And there was a new person that was there and they had no idea what was going on. So he, he, the guy next to him was explaining. He's like, oh, we've just been here forever that we just numbered the jokes. And one guy stood up and said number 82 um, and everyone just started laughing. Um, and another person got up and said 43 uh, and everyone started laughing. And he was like, oh, I, I see what's going on here. Um, and another guy got up and said um, 26 and nobody laughed. And the new guy turned to the other guy and was like, well, what was going on here? It's like, well, some people can just tell him. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that is our intro. Yes. Some people I don't can't. think it's any better than the last one that we had. <laughs> and let me tell you, you can't tell him. I don't even get it. I'm having a slow moment here. It like... Like someone can tell, they were just telling numbers. Like the fact uh, that someone could tell them and someone uh, couldn't. Someone can tell it. Like you can tell a joke, you deliver a joke well, or you deliver a joke but bad. But the humor was that they were just saying numbers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was a little okay. That was All funny, that Caleb. To say, ha ha. Michael can't tell a joke. And Sam can't get them. Okay, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. Yeah, that's your Welcome to what comes podcast, from Michael. Caleb. <laughs> Welcome to the Uloft podcast. Uh, I think this is like episode 33. 33. 33, yeah. This uh, is the Jesus episode. This is. Last week you said 32 was the Jesus episode. Yeah. I mean, this do, is we the know, Jesus do we know exactly how old Jesus was? Yes. Oh, shoot. I just dropped. That's a question mark, but yes. Yes. Do we? Does it yeah. say he's 33? Well, he started his ministry at 30. His ministry was Does 30 Does it say that it started his ministry at 30? I think so. You're I, the one that knows the Bible, yeah, Caleb. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, oh, Yeah, there's, gosh, a, there's somewhere in there. Right, there's I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Okay, well, while he looks it up, oh, Michael I can set us up. I wonder if one of those things where everyone like assumes that this is in the Bible, and it's like, well, maybe it's not. So I'm going to look that up, because I should know that, but I don't. I am sitting here with Sam, Kendall, and Caleb, uh, <laughs> and my name's Michael. You know what's not in the Bible, Michael? Dating. Yeah, I learned that at United, so that's super cool. Um, <laughs> I tried to segue for you, and you still didn't get the segue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so. Oh, it says we, about 30 years of age. Ah, uh, so, a, a boot. About. We are from Canada? Close. Ah. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> at United, if you haven't been coming to the Unites, you really should. We were talking about dating. We just finished week two. And uh, so there's a there's a, lots of good stuff in week two, but one of the ones that I really want to look at right now, because this really struck me as interesting, are the problems that you create when... So, okay, let's just preface this. There's a fake idea in the culture about a soulmate. And um, the idea is that there's one person out there who's made just for you. And if you find that person, you will uh, float gleefully into perfection with them. Um, and <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, all right. that's not true. It's, it's actually the case that there's probably, well, so there's uh, maybe 8 billion people in the world. Uh, and that means there's a lot of women if you're a guy. There's a lot of men if you're a woman. A woman. If sorry. you're a woman, listen <laughs> and, uh, close. <laughs> and and so the chances of there being more than one really good option, even just in your community, is pretty good. And so there, you don't have a soulmate. You have many, many, many possible soulmates, which is probably not the way that we should take that. But uh, okay, so when you think I feel that like you're just, kind of undoing everything that we talked about. Yeah, can I can I say something real quick? Okay, real quick. If you so didn't you said if that you didn't Kendall and I just looked at each other. And if like, you didn't watch or listen to last night's uh Unite or Tuesday's Unite um about Disney lied to us, uh I want you to understand that the fact that a soulmate, the word soulmate came from a myth um from uh from a literal myth where uh Zeus apparently created uh, humans with four arms and four legs and uh, when he recognized how ugly they were cut them in half and separated them to the humans that we have today but sadly because he cut them in half they only had half of a soul and they had to find the other half of their soul to be completely whole so the term the uh, the word the idea of soulmate literally comes from something that is a myth mm. and that can be our foundation based on this. Yeah, and it's which can I say I was very proud of you, Kendall. I was like, I wonder if he's going to talk about the story of how soulmate came about, and then you did. I was like, he did his history lesson there. There we go. Good on him. Yeah. So the, thank it, you, Caleb. Yeah, no it, problem. It's actually really dangerous <laughs> about building to, each other up around here. <laughs> that's right. Um, it's it's actually super dangerous to think of someone as your soulmate because well, what if they break up with you? Then what? Then you're in real trouble because that was you your have soulmate. No other soulmate. Yeah. Now you're going to be alone and bitter forever. Like you don't want to think that way. You don't want that to happen. What if? What if that person betrays you? Then the betrayal is exceptionally more painful because of you thought they were a soulmate. You've. It is kind of like idolatry in a way. Thinking, think of someone as a soulmate. Thinking because if you think someone else is going to complete you uh, without Jesus, that's an idol. And so. Thinking of people as soulmates, super dangerous for a couple of reasons there. But some other problems that are created by the pressure of finding your soulmate. Um, we're going to list these problems and we'll just talk about each one of them. Problems one, two, and three. Problem number one, you overlook good options. Problem number two, you ignore red flags. And problem number three, you set unrealistic expectations. So let's talk about this first one, overlooking good options. Um, man, this this definitely is the case. Uh it seems to me like sometimes your soulmate is a uh, a facsimile of your imagination, and define so like uh, facsimile meaning something that's like artificial, yeah. maybe figment. Yeah, that's duh, what I wanted to do. Duh, Caleb. No, no, duh, I, don't you I know what, what fa it meant. facsimile I meant for means? Everyone who comes who's listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, well, so it, Michael uses a lot of big words, and Michael. we sometimes need a history or not a history lesson. We already had our history lesson. Now we need our Webster's we just, dictionary. Yeah, we should have a dictionary just on the table for us in case yeah. we need it ever. 
it's uh, it's it's super dangerous to uh, invent someone in your head and think that's your partner, right? That's and then your try soulmate, to go find that, person. and then try to go find that person because here's what happens. Okay, and here's why I think we do this from a distance. We can sometimes think that other people are pretty much perfect. It happens not just with the opposite sex, but it also happens with leaders. So if you have a leader, if you have a pastor who you are not close enough to, it's really easy to turn them into a surrogate for God, like because you don't think they have problems. But the reality is you're not close enough to them to them to see their problems. Mm -hmm. And then once you get close enough to them to see their problems, those, those problems become like little betrayals to you because you think, well, you were supposed to be perfect. Like what's all this. And if you hold that piece, that person in your imagination, that perfect person, and then you go out and try to meet them, you might get through like a few months of dating before you realize, Oh, this person's this person sucks, sucks. <laughs> and and they're not they're, so they're not meant for me. And I, you know, you might think like Kendall, you talked last night about falling in and falling out of love and how stupid of an idea that is. And I think that's a great way of, of thinking about it. It is a stupid idea. <laughs> One of the reasons why it's a stupid idea is because look, three months into a relationship, you know, and you didn't, if you didn't manage your expectations, right. And you didn't realize that everyone has problems uh, and then you discover all those problems and you hold the fake version of the person in your head, you're going to start to think, oh, well, I just don't have feelings for you anymore. And it's like, no, you have this dream that you're trying to live up to and you're not going to. So, okay. So that overlooks good so options. So don't live yeah. into your dreams. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, no, when you overlook, I mean, when when you overlook good options, basically what you're saying is, well, you don't uh, you don't check this particular box that might be a dream. Um, <clears throat> and because you don't, you might check all these other boxes, uh, but this one you don't check. And so therefore you cannot be my soulmate. Like if I would have done that, I talked about the differences between me and Ashley last night, um, me and my wife last night, and they are vast. We have very many differences. Um, but if I would have, uh, looked at her and been like, well, you don't love football. Um, you can't even try to like football. Uh, my life is football when I was, you know, in my early twenties. Uh, I guess you're just not the one for me. Oh, you don't love music like I love music? Well, I guess you're not the one for me. Um, you know, oh, you don't like cook home-cooked meals every day? Well, I guess you're just not the one for me. And like that would have been, I would not be married. Like I would not have my kids. I would not be married to my wife if that is the way that I was looking at things of you've got to check all these boxes or else you're not perfect for me. Um, we strive for a perfect option and then we miss the good yeah. options that are around. I've been told, um, just a little context, I've been married for 15 years now and are almost 15 years in May. And I've been told many times that, uh, that marriage, getting married is not the destination. It's the beginning of the journey. Mm -hmm. Like you are learning how to love the person mm -hmm. when you're married. You really don't learn how to love them when you're dating because it's all rainbows and butterflies and Twitter patient and like all yeah. that stuff. Right. Um, uh, it's planning your lives together. But then when you actually get in the thick of it, when you get back from the honeymoon, that's when you actually learn how to love your spouse and you have opportunities throughout the years when things come up to learn how to love your spouse better um, and how to serve them better. And that begins with marriage. It doesn't begin in dating. And so really you don't know <laughs> you, you might be duped. They might've duped you uh, when you get married and you might've thought you found your soulmate and then you get married and they completely change. And you're like, who are you? 
<laughs> I don't know you. Yeah. Uh, because you thought that they checked all the boxes, you know, so we can't overlook the good options yeah. um, for trying to find the perfect ones. Yeah. And I think there's a, a sub point. Can we, so you said one, two, and three, I'm going to give you one A. So that was one A. I'm going to give you a one B sub point. Not only do we overlook good options, but we overlook good places where good options are found very often. Right. Um, so I'm going to tell a story about, so I went to a Christian college and I'm going to tell a story about Christian colleges. Um, and there are some not so great things about it, but it does kind of prove a point. Um, so I don't know if they do still do this, um, but I uh, confirmed with another person who goes to United who did go to Grove City recently, fairly recently, um, that they roughly do this. Uh, and I had some friends when they graduated back in like 20 or when they started going to Grove City College in like 2012. Um, they had all the freshmen together um, in a room for like orientation type stuff. And the president got up and said, I need everybody to look to the left and look to the right. 80% of you will find your, find your, spice, your spouse in this room. And it's like, wow, that's really stupid. But it turns out to be true. <laughs> like a lot of people who graduate from Christian colleges do find their spouses in those rooms. Um, the ring by spring is real and it's dangerous. But it is to say this, when you are surrounded by people um, who are could all roughly um, be qualified as potentially good spouses um, because they're all seeking after Jesus. And not everyone who goes to a Christian college is, but by and large, a lot of people are. Um, like statistically speaking, you're more likely to find a spouse there, right? Um, if you're a Christian and you're looking to find someone to date, statistically speaking, you should go to a church. Because that's where a lot of people are that fit those categories, right? If you're looking for, if you want to date someone and you want to date someone of a high caliber, you should go to a small group because that's where you'll find, yeah. statistically speaking. And I'm just, these are just numbers, right? Where do most Christians congregate? At churches, at ministries, at other things. So if you want to find a Christian, which you should, if you're wanting to, if you are a Christian and want to date someone, go to those places. You ain't finding them at the bar. I actually met my wife at a bar, but uh, that's for a story for another day. Anyways, uh, don't take that with you and put it in your pocket. Listen to Caleb. But Caleb, what if there are no single bachelors available at my said church and or small group? Is that a true story? Yeah. yeah. Like, are you uh, asking? That's just hypothetical. Coming from a single woman, I'm just hypothetically saying, what do you do? Um, well, for you, I know that's not the case because there are <laughs> other single guys, but are there? Um, your church is probably, looks aren't everything, Sam. Um, <laughs> your church is probably not the only church in town. Like, go hang out. Just all I'm saying is find places that you know that people who you are looking for roughly congregate in statistically high numbers, and you will statistically have a better chance of finding them. Caleb's just matchmaking me. This is what this podcast actually is. So. No, I think I think your uh, your question is good and valid, um, but I also believe that's okay. I'm going to say something that uh, could be uh, stepping in it here, but that's part of the reason that United exists is for uh, is not for matchmaking, but yeah, it is for it is for young adults and college students to find community with people that are like them. Yeah. Because some of our churches around here they have like four young adults. 
Yeah. And maybe you've already been through the dating pool. <laughs> maybe you're like, I'm not saying you have, Sam, um, but like maybe you've already been in the dating pool. Maybe it really is very shallow and right. you're like, well. And here's the other truth. <laughs> you shouldn't come to United because you're looking no. for a spouse. But if you go to United um, and you're coming there because you want to meet Jesus and by happen chance, you happen, happen to. Happen chance. I love happen that Happen chance. That's not an actual word. <laughs> we should make it a word. Stance, that's the actual. <laughs> you find someone who, you know, potentially could if fit you, that category. If you are pursuing Christian community, you will find lifelong relationships, whether that is friendship or whether that is marriage. Yeah. If you are single and you are pursuing Christian community, you will find lifelong relationships. Kendall, you made a pretty important point earlier um, about marriage being the beginning of a journey and loving someone kind of being like a verb, like a, an act, a daily act of, of living with that person and kind of committing to them. And it's an important point because, particularly with regards to soulmates, because here's the deal. If you're young or maybe even just young in the faith, you've got problems. Like you're not sanctified. And if you've you know, marriage is a, a sanctifying process. And also define sanctified. Like, I think there are probably people who probably don't know what that means. Made holy or essentially made more like Christ. Cutting the, uh, the process sanctified of looking more like Jesus. Yeah. Cutting away of your old self and being renewed to be more like Christ. So here's yeah. why that's relevant and important to this. If you're looking for someone who's a perfect match for you and you right now are not very good, uh, you're going to find a bad person because that person is going to match all of your, uh, all of your dysfunction. And mm. so you might feel like, Oh, this is my soulmate. But if you, if you don't like who you are right now and I look, I'm oh gosh, I just went down. The, <laughs> I went down the new age. Love you sure yourself did. Path. That was very not like uh, you. <laughs> yeah. I know. As soon as I, as soon as I said, it, I was like, that's, that's a stupid idea. I've been there. Uh, okay. But, but really, the really, really seriously, mouth. like if you aspire to be like Christ and you know, you're not like that right now, then, uh, finding someone who matches you as you are is probably not a good idea. Bad idea. Uh, you might start to think about ways that you could do better and look for people who are better than you and uh, use them as potential. Uh, That's what I said, that, that yep. my wife is perfect for me because she makes me better. Like yep. what she has, what she is good at, I am bad at. Um, and vice versa, what, she, what I am good at, she is not very good at. And so we complement each other so well. Um, but we wouldn't have known that through our, we dated for a year. We didn't, we didn't know that through dating. We have only discovered that through, uh, <clears throat> through our marriage. Like we've only discovered that many differences through our marriage, but a, your sanctification process, that's a perfect, uh, analogy for it. Because again, having been married for 15 years, like I am completely different than I was five years ago. I'm completely different than I was 15 years ago. I'm completely different from when I met my wife 16 years ago. Yeah. Completely different. And so is she. Like there is very little of me that is the same. Um, and that's a good thing. It is. It has been for the better. Mm -hmm. um, but what happens with, uh, with our current culture and the reason why the divorce rates are so stinking high right now, um, inside and outside of the church, is this very thing. Is that you find someone that matches with you now, they change, you change, and you think, well, we are just going separate ways, so therefore, we might as well part. But love and covenant 
covenantal love uh, and marriage is a daily choice to be made. It is not something to be felt and lived out uh, by your emotions or feelings, in fact. So the idea of how you've changed so much in the last 5, 10, 15 years, I think leads really well into the second Wait, point can I make Can I make a, a, another kind of side comment that mm-hmm. I think fits well with that? The, the other great thing about Christian community is as wonderful as spouses are, um, you don't need a spouse to also accomplish a similar thing, right? Um, you should find people um, who are good at the things that you are not, like other Christians who are good at the things that you are not, and have help them make you a better person, right? One of the nice fun things about working with Kendall is um, as much as him and his wife are opposites in a lot of things, Kendall and I are opposites in a lot of things, which makes me think maybe Ashley and I are similar in a lot of things. Y'all are both the same Enneagram number. Are we? Yes. Um, right, so... Kendall has made me a better person, and I like to think I've probably helped make Kendall a better person because we're opposites. We ain't married, right? But this is what good Christian friendship, thank God, good Christian (laughs) friendship should do as well, right? Like, as much as spouses are important, like, maybe not everyone is called to be married, so it's good to make sure that there are, and God gives us a way to make sure that we can still grow in that capacity, maybe without necessarily having a spouse. So it is also good to make sure that you are surrounded by a community of people um, who can help you grow, have good Christian friends. And realistically too, if you are like developing a friendship with someone where you are learning about your weaknesses and their strengths and everything, like the natural progression of that could lead into relationship. Like you want to, whenever you get married, you want to be married to someone who is your best friend. Like you want there to be like a closeness that's already been established. And I think one of the pitfalls of like rushing into relationship is not taking the time to have a friendship because if you like if they lay down their life for you in friendship you can know okay if we do get married like they're gonna do that in our marriage but if they won't even do that in a friendship with you which is what christ models to us like you know greater love is none than this to lay down your life for your friends like if they don't do that in the friendship you can know they're not going to do that in a covenant marriage Ooh, yeah so the um the idea of red flags, I think we have to be careful with. Um, let's specify what red flags are, because here's the thing. And, and if I've he thought, doesn't come to United or doesn't go to church on Sunday, red flag. He is a walking red flag. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a real way, if he does not, if he is not, and Kendall said this yesterday, if he is not submitted, he or she is not submitted under authority in a church and you are desiring to be with someone, I don't care if they say they're religious, they say they love Jesus, if they're not submitted at a church, probably not good relationship material. Red flag. Red flag. So here's the thing about red flags. Mm. They are transient in nature. Okay, so I could meet probably any one of you at one point in your life and find you rife with red flags. Oh, yeah. Indeed. And so here's the problem. Um... I was a turd, like, a lot, not that long ago. <laughs> I, I, I'm hesitant about the idea of ignoring, of, uh, let's say, dismissing someone out of hand because of some red flags that are present in their life at any given moment. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that there aren't, like, certain things that you really want to watch out for, like maybe particular character traits right. that... Um, you know, are just completely incompatible with yours and they smack of things that are going to be yeah. really hard to change. Well, it sounds like you're talking that there's a, a tiered level of red flag. Yeah, like we, we have to be, well, we have to be specific about it because <laughs> we this this problem of 
of saying, okay, we don't want to ignore red flags could lead us back into the problem of looking for the perfect. Well, well, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. So here's the deal. You have to have the context of ignoring red flags is, is the word is ignoring. So it's just allowing it to go on without saying anything Ooh, about that's it. A good word. Yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. importance is that we are ignoring it. If you uh, bring it up and, and work this is, on it and work on it. So here, here's two scenarios. You bring up a red flag and they say, what? Not me. How dare you call me out for that? Well, see you later. Yep. Yeah, Thank you. Next, yeah. right? Like that's the that's the plan, um, because and that's how you know if they're a good option or not. If they're like, uh, I don't have any red flags, or look at you, or they're really defensive about it. Maybe it's time to move on. However, if they're the right person and they're the good person, they're the one pursuing Jesus. They say, Oh wow, I'm glad you pointed that out. Can you help me work on that? Can yeah. you can you can you get me some help and for that or how do I work on those flag. things? The fact that someone wants to work on the red <clears throat> flags is a good sign. Like yeah. everyone's gonna have the red flags. I have red flags right now, but it's my willingness to work on them when they're pointed out that is what you want, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, also, can you like cut in "Thank You Next" by Ariana Grande <laughs> when he mentions that? That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> or roll the outro with it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean the pivotal the pivotal word is ignoring, right? Yeah. If if you uh, if you recognize them, then you address them, and this should be with all of our relationships. Let's just yeah. take off dating for a moment and just say our friendships, right? Yeah. If we are in Christ centered community, we should be able to call people out on their stuff and allow other people to call us out on our stuff in a loving way to say, right. "Hey, God made you for better than this. Yeah. Um, how do we get you there?" That's the sanctification process. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people ignore their red flags. They don't work on them. They sweep them under their rug. They take them into marriage like I did, and they screw up their marriage and they fail. Yeah. And now they're worse for it and their spouse is worse for it. That man, that was an excellent answer. You nailed it. It's almost like you wrote this sermon. <laughs> um, wow. Because yeah, like that really, that, that answered my question entirely because it's not about dismissing the person. It's about addressing the problems and right. And there, the, and there still is like a tiered system, right? Like there are red flags that as long as, um, like everyone's going to have red flags, but the biggest red flag that you want to avoid, the one that you want to avoid is the one where people don't do anything about the red flags. Yeah. Right? Like having red flags, not a big deal. Um, not working on your red flags is the one red flag you want to avoid. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So um, the next, the third point here about problems created by the pressure of finding your soulmate is that you set unrealistic expectations. We kind of touched on this with the first one about yeah. kind of creating this image in your mind of what a relationship should be or a marriage should be. And then that being unrealistic. And then whenever you go into a, a relationship and it doesn't meet that criteria, you think there must be something wrong with this person. And so you move on to the next one. Um, maybe in order to add a little bit of uh, uh, spice spice to this, <laughs> let's say, let's say uh, what are the dangers of moving from one person to the next in kind of like a serial monogamy style uh, uh, way of dating. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people think that they can uh, get involved with someone without any cost. And yeah. they can just move on to the next one and they can keep doing that without any right. kind of uh, effects on themselves. I don't think that's the case. And no. I still don't think that's the case, even if you're not having sex with that person. So I think you still end up losing a piece of yourself to some degree. Yeah. This is actually kind of like the story of my life in some sense. I, I have for most of my life and most of my dating life, and this is something God has been working on me in the past hmm, three, four years, um, was I was... 100% a grass is greener on the other side kind of person. 
And the moment that the grass started getting a little brown in the relationship I was in, I was on to the next one, right? Because I thought um, I could get what I wanted in the next relationship that the current one wasn't fulfilling. So I I dated. Um, and some of the problem was, so so to another point, I attracted people who were like that to me as well, right? Yeah. So there were people that I hurt in the midst of that, and I got hurt in the midst of that because there were people doing the same thing to me, right? Because I attracted people who were also grass is greener on the other side of the field kind of deal. Um, and now, now that I'm in a committed relationship, now that I'm, you know, pursuing marriage, um, the the struggles of those relationships still pop up because in my head, I'm fighting a battle that says uh, sometimes the grass is brown in this field, but I'm committing to it. Um, but I'm working against like 10 years worth of built up um, how I normally deal with situations. Like I'm working against that now and it makes this relationship really hard mm -hmm. in some sense, right? Because I'm working against my natural impulses where I used to just dump the person and move on. Now I'm like, I I'm I want to be with this person. And now like all of these past demons are like fighting me on. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's difficult, right? Yeah. And that's why like going from the relation, cause I was kind of in the same boat where I hadn't spent really any time, especially pre-Jesus and even post like becoming a believer, like being single. And so I was going relationship to relationship. And what you do though, whenever you're doing that is you are essentially avoiding a lot of your own issues. Like there is always the grass is always greener, but that just becomes, it hurts you because you're constantly, you're never able to like come to grips with who you are mm -hmm. and to maybe analyze your red flags or your issues. You're, you're almost like putting all the blame on others. And mm -hmm. you're like, well, you just slipped up in that area and you're not good enough in that area. So I'm just going to go to the next person. Yeah, right. Um, and like Caleb said, it's the commitment. It's the whole, uh, the grass is greener where you water it. Kind well, of thing. and the other thing is like the grass is greener. So this is going to be an agriculture analogy. The grass is greener because it's covered in cow poop, right? <laughs> <laughs> like our lives look greener, but they're actually covered in crap. Um, and you know, manure makes things grow and everyone's field is covered in crap, right? So there is no greener field that isn't crap filled in some <laughs> sense. So you might think that the next one is going to be better, but it's not, it's the exact same as the past one. They and still got crap. Yeah. You just have to, at some point sit down and say, talk to yourself and with God and say, I finally understand that every field is, every field is filled with crap. So, and uh, you just got to stick pick one and stick with mm -hmm. it kind of deal of the um of the deleterious effects of like define so <laughs> ne <laughs> negative like uh stuff that makes just say it negative <laughs> i mean i appreciate your vocab no, but it, i just want to make sure other people know what we're saying <laughs> okay so of the, of the bad effects the bad things that could happen to you when you move from one to the other and kind of a serial monogamous kind of style of dating uh, Kendall, you launched a missile last night that I thought was really good. Um, and it was, if you break up, it doesn't make you stronger. It makes you more broken. Mm -hmm. And so of the effects of the negative effects, uh, that occur when you jump from person to person, maybe the worst is that you get good at breaking up with people, which means mm. you get good at exiting relationships, which you means are practicing you get good. divorce. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And Absolutely. it's like, the, the, the better you get at that, the more your go your heart is going to harden. Um, and I'm probably going to finish this with a C.S. Lewis quote. So if you guys have any input on that. Um, well, I will say this. I, if you want to well, hear more about Kendall, breakup, come back to United because we're going to be talking about that. Yeah, uh, not this week, but next, next week. week. So um, that'd be the third week of February. We're going to be talking about breakups and how to heal and how to deal with them. So 
So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm ready for the CFC. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think <laughs> I'm trying gonna be able to pull to, it up. Oh, no. <laughs> talk amongst yourselves while I. No, so it. I did. <laughs> did So, did we hit that third one well enough? The unrealistic expectations. I don't know. I thought my crappy so, field analogy. Was I think. Well, good. no, I think that's true. I think that um, you know we have to have the expectation that is realistic. That yeah. um, we all deal with stuff. We all have baggage. We all have crap in our field, and we've we have to be willing to not ignore the red flags or not yeah. ignore the red flags in our own selves, and therefore work on them, um, and not think that we are going to right. have perfection. Well, you know? and the biggest way to realize that other people have crap in their fields and not think that you're just getting grass greener on the other side is to realize like your own field to, t to look down look at your own field and say maybe their field is green and my field is green because they're both covered in the same crap yeah. and working on it right so, so i think that um i found it and i think that what i think this is the kind of person you become if you avoid commitment if you avoid uh the sanctification of growing with someone and uh reaching out to jesus with someone and being kind of like the oh as soon as i see a problem i'm out kind of person this is this is what you become this is c.s lewis to love at all is to be vulnerable love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken if you want to make sure of keeping it intact you must give it to no one not even an animal wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. And I think that that captures a lot of, Kendall, what you were saying of like, look, if you don't, if you don't take this seriously... Uh, you're going to change as a person and it's not going to be for the better. Yeah. So don't think that you can just get off scot-free by, you know, mishandling other people and mishandling yourself. The game doesn't start when you get married. It doesn't, your life doesn't just start when you get married. It, it, what you do now matters and it's, and it's going to be carried on into your marriage and into the rest of your life. Yeah. And so, and it's honestly the legacy that you're going to end up leaving. Like the stuff that I have to deal with throughout my life, I now have three kids to try to teach them not to have to deal with the same stuff that I had to deal with. And so it's a legacy that is inevitable to be carried on unless I'm allowing God to do the work in me and I'm actually working through uh, issues or, or, or heartache or, or breaks, you know, um, within myself, like it has to be done or you don't just affect yourself, but you affect the people that are around you, the people that, um, that you are in relationship with and eventually the legacy that you leave. Yeah. That's a good place to leave it guys. Hey, Thank you all for listening to the Uloft podcast. I want to remind you that uh, Unites are Tuesday evening, 7.27 p.m. at 2707 West Pike Road. You should be there. They're a good time. Uh, you'll learn a lot. You'll meet people and all the rest. Uh, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Uloft podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to it. Also, come out and join us for a Unite every Tuesday at 7.27 p.m. This is a time of music, friends, and important teaching. You don't want to miss it. You can learn more about Unites, as well as everything else we do, by visiting unitediup.com. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and we will see you in the next episode.